What's going on, y'all? This is Mike Brown. I just wanted to welcome y'all to this week's episode of The Art of Letting Go. This month is Mental Health Awareness Month, and I got some really dope episodes for y'all with some mental health professionals and some friends and all that cool stuff. While I got you here, though, and your phone or your devices in your hand, please be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast. Also, leave a comment, leave some feedback, let other people know what you think about the show. Share the show with somebody that might benefit from it. Peace. Yo, what up? This is Mike Brown, and this is The Art of Letting Go. Happy Mental Health Awareness Month, y'all. Um, this month, I, I feel like I have some really good episodes planned with some friends that are all doing things in mental health, and I'm excited to share them. Um, the first one I wanted to share with you guys, which is this week's episode, was a conversation I had with a friend about his company, Can I Be Vulnerable? And uh, it's really dope because I got to be a part of a video series a few years, well, like two years ago. Like two years ago, just being vulnerable on camera, and uh, it was dope, and I just felt like we really had to talk about that because, you know, a lot of men are not vulnerable, so we... We had that space. But while speaking on male vulnerability and taking that opportunity to be that, um, last week was hard. Last week was hard. Last month was hard. Um, I didn't get that episode out because I was in a lot of pain. It's funny that we talked about, shout out to Toy, but the episode was about your stomach and your gut and trusting your gut. And I was really fucked up last week. Um, Stomach was in a lot of pain and I was trying to push through it, but it was hard and I couldn't get the episode out. And I gave myself the grace to, you know, be okay with that and not be mad about it. Cause sometimes it, it feels like even during those times when we don't feel like doing something, we're supposed to do it. But this was one of them times where I said, you know what? I got to prioritize myself first. And uh, I did that. And the episode still comes out. <laughs> but yeah, um, last month was hard just because it's the anniversary of my grandmother's death. Um, it's her birthday a week later. So really, April, I I processed those feelings a lot. And um, just because I I remember, like, the week, maybe a couple of weeks before she passed, like, we thought she was going to pass. And, you know, having to do that FaceTime and the goodbyes and shit, it was was weird. It was really weird. Um, I just remember crying a lot. And... Yeah, I remember the last conversation I had with her before she passed. Like, she told me she was tired and ready to go. And a lot of stuff happened, like, during, you know, the the time of her passing. Like, just everybody kind of processing their own emotions in different ways. And that was challenging as well. So I realized my body was kind of holding on to some trauma from that time. Um and I realized that 
through therapy and talking to somebody and talking about what that experience was like for me. And I was holding on to some things that really were holding me back and like physically felt held in my body. And, um, yeah, I had to really look at what, what letting go of the experience of my grandmother passing and her funeral and all that stuff. I really had to let go of the experience and I didn't understand what that even meant. So I had to look at it and, uh, I feel like I, I did some work. I really do. You know, I had to have some really tough conversations with some family members and stuff like that. And, um, it felt like it gave me what I needed, you know, I didn't really, I wasn't really looking for anything. I think I just had to express what I was feeling in order to truly let go of that. And it felt really good. Um, it felt light. I felt light after doing it. Two weeks ago, I went to the beach and, um, I took a day to just be, I know I'm kind of just talking right now, but you know, I kind of just had to, just had to get off some feelings today. Um, went to the beach because I needed a day to just be, I feel like I do a lot. Um, I am a lot of things in a lot of spaces. I'm a teacher. I'm a friend. I'm a brother. I'm a son. Uh, you know, I am a podcast host. I wear a lot of hats, play a lot of roles, and I needed a moment to just feel and be Mike. And it was the most beautiful experience I've had in a really long time. Um, I laughed the entire time by myself, and I've, I've never laughed so hard by myself, and I still feel that that on me. I still feel like whatever I gained in that experience, I still feel it on me because, man, to spend so much time in your life crying alone, to take a moment to laugh alone, is a beautiful feeling. And I really hope that, you know, people that are going through their own experiences, I I hope y'all do get there because it does feel good on that other side. But, you know, I was looking at a lot of my life experiences and in those moments, they weren't funny. Uh, They were very whatever they were at that time. But like looking back on a lot of my life and recognizing how much, I've made it through and some of those experiences, like looking back at them, they were kind of funny, you know, now, but at the time they weren't. And to be able to look back at my life and, you know, be able to smile at it and laugh at it and, you know, just not take myself so serious. It felt really good. Um, That's something I'm learning. I'm learning to not take myself so serious and not feeling like everything has to just be something you know, and that things can change and I'm okay with change and things could change on a daily. I feel like this podcast is changing all the time. Um, This episode is probably going to be a little different than any other episode because after y'all listen to me, y'all get to listen to the conversation I had with BJ. But, you know, I, I feel like 
in my life I've always not that I've I've tried to feel like more than I am, but you know, once I learn what I want to learn, I want to continue to learn more. Like I feel like I'm a learner for life and it just keeps taking me places. And right now I feel very present in just where life is taking me and I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying the ride. I'm I'm enjoying creating what what all this is becoming. Um man, it's so much in the present. So much in the present. You know, do the work. I'm doing the work. You know, to not be stuck in the past, not to be too caught up in the future. And just to be here. <laughs> oh, man. But that's all I really wanted to share with y'all today. I really, truly love and appreciate all of y'all for being here every week. Have some really dope episodes for y'all. Um, right now, we're about to get into the episode with BJ. And we're going to talk about being vulnerable. And yeah. I hope y'all enjoy it. Today, I have a special guest in the building. Um, shoot, I think two years ago, you you made me a part of your mental health awareness uh, project. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very appreciative for you to be a part of mine. You mind introducing yourself to the people? What's up, folks? My name is BJ Williams. Um, as he just mentioned, I also have a mental health platform called Can I Be Vulnerable, which Mr. Brown was a part of. Uh, and I really do appreciate his story. Uh, basically, I'm a mental health advocate. I'm an educator. Um, shit, what am I? 15 years now? Damn. Wow. Yeah. I've been in entertainment as well, man. You know, I've been, you know, modeling and acting and voiceovers and shit uh, almost as long as I've been teaching, actually. Actually, I think wow. at the same time. You know, old man in the game. I got some. I got some years vested in. <laughs> oh man, that's really dope. Do you feel like you bring some of your mental health practices into the classroom with your students? My class is a mental health class. Okay, that's yeah, what's up. I, that's exactly what I teach. That's that's it's, really dope. It's an elective, but yeah, that's exactly what the hell I teach. Black student for the Black Student Leadership class, as a matter of fact. Uh, wow. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's exactly what the fuck we doing here. We yeah, talk, we talk mental health. It's 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 different. Uh, clearly, with with distance learning, I had to adjust what we do in class because we actually get into some we get into some stuff. We get into some shit in there. Um, but because I don't have the safety of four walls that I know that is a safe space and a brave space for them, and I know we got a PSL uh, on campus on uh, the social work on campus uh, as well. So when we, if we if things did get so in depth that they really do need to speak because I'm not licensed. They need to go speak to the professionals. We already had them there on campus. So uh, last year when we did it, because this is now our first full year, I started this. Uh, we, we piloted it at the high school last no- November of 2019. And then coming into 20, clearly, you know, we, we shut it down. Uh, but those first few months was, uh, uh, especially that last month, was, was getting to some, some, some real good conversation. The students were participating. Uh, a lot more. The conversations were more in depth. Uh, it was funny because when it first started, you know, this is a an, uh, uh, a poor school in a poor neighborhood, so it's under underfunded, underserved. Uh, I think it's like ninety six, no, ninety three percent Hispanic. I think it's six percent black. 
And the principal himself is, is Mexican, and he's very big on getting his black students up to par. And I'm not saying the rest of the Mexican students or Hispanic Latino students aren't are all up to par, but he was specifically like, nah, I need my black students to feel like they have a place on this campus because they're ostracized. And I, you know, so shout out to uh, to Mr. G uh, for having the for having the awareness and wherewithal and saying like we need we need a program to come in and do it. And so the students that I had were good kids, don't get me wrong, but it's 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 an elective class and it was a leadership class. So they're literally it's basically like student council. So they're yeah. literally on campus doing fundraisers. A lot of them are athletes, uh, men and women. And uh, but, you know, they would do shit like if they did come to class first to start off was, you know, a hard thing. Uh, if they, and when they did, they would be super late. And then if they were on time, they'd get up and just leave you walk around. Fucking that shit. Uh, and then slowly but surely. We started, you know, as they got in and, and you know, we bribed them with food because you know, the best thing to keep people in place to talk is feed them. Yeah. So, you know, had snacks for them or whatnot. And, uh, you know, and I bring guests in every week. And uh, what you don't know is that actually the curriculum is based on the web series, on the docuseries. Wow. So I took uh, a theme out of all of your guys' episodes and I built a curriculum off of the themes. Wow. We got, really we got exercise and all that. Yeah, yeah. So what I did was, and it's like 50, what, four episodes now, I think. We, I just recorded two new ones this year because I didn't record at all for like a little over a year. Uh, so we didn't really get to like, like your episode, actually one of your episodes I wanted to get to towards the end of the year because I kind of started off with the lighter stuff. And then yeah. I wanted to get more into the, all right, let's talk about the stuff niggas don't talk about, yeah. uh, especially in class. And so uh, with sexuality and all of that stuff, I wanted to get into that. So, you know, that, that was going to be your video. And that was going to be towards the end of the school year when I knew that I, we, can, we can have that conversation in depth without them goofing off without them leaving. I know I have full attention. And uh, so what I would do is whatever that theme was or whatever the video was of the day, I tried to bring that person in so yeah. they can see the person that did the video. Cause we do clips here. They are, you can talk to them and, yeah. uh, and do your thing. And, and we'd schedule it around that. Uh, it'll be easier once, you know, uh, as things go back to whatever school is going to look like, cause now we can do zoom. So you don't even have to be there physically anymore. Right. We got that. We got that knocked out. So I do dig that. Cause a lot of times it was hard to get, the scheduling, like, you know, people work and shit, man. it's midday, uh, so it's hard to get people in, but now it's like Zoom, I know you can, you, you can Zoom in on your phone, I don't want to hear it, you know I mean? definitely, yeah, and so, uh, that's, so, but this year, I had to adjust it a bit, because we, we don't have, I don't know what those kids, uh, how home life is like, um, I just had a student, uh, Wednesday, actually, you know, he was like, you know, I had to get my grade changed, he's a basketball player, I had to get my grade changed, because my grades are slipping, I'm like, you know, what's up, why are your grades slipping? It's like, man, I can't do my work at home. I was kind of just left it alone. Like, I, whatever's going on at home is not conducive enough. Uh, it's not a, a healthy place for him to be doing work and all that. And, and I can tell because sometimes when he's on, he has his mic muted a lot. But when he does speak, it's all kind of noise in the background. Yeah. Kids hollering. I don't know what kind of space he has. I don't know how, if, he, if his equipment is adequate. There's another student that I, I, they're neighbors, so he's always over there. So I have a few students like that. Their equipment is inadequate. They don't have the Wi-Fi. Uh, the schools give them laptops, but you know, telling how good that works, you know what I mean. And so we had to adjust this year um, how we did class. I I, I don't like it because it's not serving what I wanted, what I set out to do. Yeah. But you know, it's getting something done. We're still introducing things, but we can't get with the good conversation because I don't know what's going on at the house. And those some kids are doing tests in their mom's car. You know what I mean? Like they're doing work in their mom's car just to have some quiet time. 
Yeah. And I'm like, nah, get your ass out that car, man. Go on house. Take care of this later. This is not, you know what I mean? So Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. Man, you do a lot of work in mental health. Like it's it's funny to hear, like just translate in so many parts of your life. Um what makes you so passionate about it? <sighs> Shit, I don't know. Honestly, that's a good question. Uh That's a good question, man. I actually never thought of nobody's ever asked me what makes me so passionate. About. Like, like what inspired you to get into it? It kind of just therapy, my own therapy journey. But as far as everything that I've done since, like, can I be vulnerable wasn't in the plans. I didn't set out to do that. I wanted to, I, I made my own video and that was it. And it kind of just naturally evolved. It kind of just grew from there. Like, I literally was like, all right, y'all do your thing. I just wanted to tell my story. Y'all do your thing. Here we are talking about the docuseries that at the time i think within a year a little over a year we had 40 something guys 47 40 something episodes i think within a little over a year um and then and then comes the curriculum that i i actually kind of came up with that over summer break like what I don't, I, I think what it is for me is that I don't like just conversations. And I know the big words, like we need to have the conversation and the conversation. I'm like, a conversation don't do shit for me, me personally. And so I was thinking about what, what I would have liked to see done for me and what would make me feel better. So let's put these, con- well, let's put what I've learned into action. Uh, uh, how about I find out a way to teach these tools that I've learned Yeah. to some kids so that they... You know, we get a, you know, and each generation after them gets a jump start on it, right? Because I didn't, I didn't start therapy till in my 30s. Yeah. So I've been on this planet 30 years of trauma and some shit that's happened to me that I didn't get taken care of until 30 something. Like somebody in 29. But it basically, I was a damn adult, grown ass man, yeah. before I got this. And, and there are things that, you know, the names change, some of my small details, but we've all gone through similar things, similar themes. The themes are similar. The details might might differ but the themes are very similar yeah uh and so if i can that, so that made me that, that's where the curriculum kind of came from let's let's implement these tools and, and i guess it's a, an athlete mentality as well right because i come from the athlete world and there's one thing to be watching film and study your plays all day but eventually i got to go out and practice what we're learning in in in, in practice right i have to go to the practice field after film and then from film or from film to practice practice to the game so when game time comes all right. I was in the film room watching it. I studied the playbook. I studied my opponent, whatever, whatever. I went to the practice field and we, 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 we worked through it. Now it's game time. And so I kind of took that same mentality. All right, we've had this conversation. Now let's implement a curriculum. Let's implement a game plan to where when these things happen, game time, they have the tools. We've worked through it just a little bit. And, and who knows? They, you know, it, it may not hit them till they're 30. Yeah. But hopefully what we've done here they can, oh shit, you know, we talked about that in Mr. Williams' class. Oh yeah. shit, Mr. Williams did say, or oh shit, one of the guest speakers did, and this is how they work through. I've had this, I heard about the situation. I watched it in class. This is what we worked on. Uh, we do listening exercises because, you know, human beings suck at listening. We can hear really well. We fucking suck at listening, right? And listening is an exercise that you have to, you have to work out. Yeah. So we do that every class. We start off with a listening exercise, which are games, and they fucking love it, right? Uh, but when they're in a, uh, when they're having a conversation, it doesn't matter with who their listening skills are better. So now they can recognize like, ah, it's not what you just said. 
I'm hearing what you're saying. It's not coming out correctly, but I hear, I see your body language. I hear the emotions. I hear, you know what I mean? It's, it's those kind of things that, that we implemented into the class that they, they actually, I think the games, the listening actually might be the funnest, uh, the best part of the class. And they, they go ham over the games. That's what's up. Uh, so I guess what makes you passionate about is uh, I, I just don't like the conversation aspect, and this, uh, everybody's like, let's let's talk about it. I'm like, right, I'm, I'm tired of talking. Let's go put some action behind these words, because if you're not putting action behind the words, you, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Um, what does the word vulnerable mean to you? Uh, <laughs> let me see myself and being okay with what the hell I see. Yeah. And when I'm okay with what I see, uh, uh, letting the letting those in proximity to me see it and being okay with how they might react or judge it if they're going to judge it. Uh, vulnerability is putting uh, what I, I can't say I don't like, is putting out what I can improve on out into the world and being okay with the fact that I'm going, I'm working on it. I'm a work in progress always. Um, and, and, uh, being okay with some people might not be receptive to that. So I guess when I say vulnerability is putting out, you know, my insecurities and being okay with people with with me being okay with them for one first foremost, and being okay with the fact that others might not fuck with that, might not rock with that, might not want to be within my world or have me a part of their world. Yeah. So long definition. <laughs> oh, that's all good. Um, and I asked that because I think of. I think of the spaces that both you and you and I have created mm-hmm. creating spaces for people to be vulnerable, but like outside of like the, the creative space, how do we create vulnerability for other men, you know, or how do, how do we find that space for ourselves even, you know? Uh, in, in, in my, on my journey, what I've done in, in my work, uh, it's almost like my example, right? When I did my video, I, I can't even tell you the response to it. That shit was crazy. It was almost like somebody waited. It was almost like my network waited for somebody to say these things that I said. And I didn't really say anything. You know, I talked about what led me to therapy, a couple of highlights in my life of, of some traumatic things and how I responded to it. But I didn't really get super in-depth about anything. <laughs> Excuse me. Not now that I look back at the time I thought I did. But now that I look back, I didn't really... I've got more in depth as this has gone on about some of the things in my life and my reactions now that I understand it further. But in uh, the work that I've done, it's like just by example, I, I can't tell you how overwhelming the responses were. Yeah. Uh, and soon as I dropped it, the fucking stories that I was hearing from men and women, but mainly from men. I mean, I heard from more women than men talking about the men in their lives and sons and uncles and dads. But I kind of, not that I expected that, but you know, women, they tend to gravitate towards when somebody opens up. So, okay. But the, the stories that I were hearing from men and guys and teens, and I was like, God damn, you been waiting on somebody to talk? Like, shit, I'm glad you said something, player, because I've been waiting to talk about this. And that's what it was like for me um, in, in my response. Uh, excuse me, in, 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 my, in, in my journey with this. So I know for me, it's just whenever I say something that they people wouldn't think I would talk about, all of a sudden, like the room is just like, man, listen, so you went through that. I went through this. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's funny you say that because that's kind of what creates the space for me as well. Like me being vulnerable kind of creates that space for everybody, you know, mm-hmm. like 
it's like I'm I'm coming in the room unguarded, so now everybody else feels like you know it's safe it's safe to let the guard down. Yeah, yeah. Everybody got their shoulders by their damn ears as soon as you like not tripping, you're chilling. Yeah. Everybody yeah. else just kind of drops <laughs> and relaxes a bit. <laughs> and, and I'm and I'm sure coming from like you know sports and shit, like it's not very many spaces to to have that, you know. Uh, it's funny you bring up, you know, we come back to that because I've branched off into several other things. I, I work with uh, now four doctors. Uh, two of them were working with the NFL exclusively doing it, um, their outbound program. So basically, when guys retire, you go to these two amongst whoever else uh, to do your, I guess you get like 10 to 20 sessions of therapy to determine whether or not you get your benefits and stuff like that. So we teamed up. And we are, and they actually have a curriculum for students as well. Um, But they haven't, they weren't able to get into the classroom. That's where I came in. That's where where we kind of funded up that. But uh, since then, we've now developed a program and and continuing to develop a program. So it's two psychologists, an occupational therapist, and I can't forget what the other one is. I can't, I have to look it up. But every week, every Wednesday, we have a group of NFL athletes that we zoom in with now. We have these these things, and then every once a month we have this peer led. So the players lead the conversations. You just have the mental health professionals in to interject sometimes to help explain things further. Blah blah blah. Um, but what we're to further that is we are developing a program for their families. How does the how do you get the families up to par with the athlete? I mean, get it. The athlete is the one going through it, but the families are part of that career journey as well. They're just not on the field. Yeah. So we're in development of a program that helps the moms or the dads, the girlfriends, the boyfriends, the kids, the wives go along, you know, help them with the uh, uh, with with the athlete's journey. And uh, so we've been doing that shit since quarantine, actually, right before quarantine popped off. We've been working with that. Wow, that's really dope. Yeah. That's it. So we uh, and, it's, and it's dope now because Athletes for Care now uh, kind of is, is we're in the go- we're in talks with Athletes for Care for uh, a couple of things. Um, That's expanding cool. on that. So, yeah. Do you find that a lot of NFL, like former NFL players, have like mental, I don't want to say issues, but like, you know, I guess from having like concussions and shit like that? Let's just, let's say, let's forget that part. Any person that picks a contact sport where you willingly go bang your head into another massive human being, something's off. Yeah. This is coming from a football player. Like, why the fuck would I want to go put a helmet on and go run my skinny ass body full speed into another human being? <laughs> Something is off with us, right? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, everybody, everybody uh, 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 in that realm. And I'm not even just not even just NFL, in the athlete realm, period, because of how we are groomed from adolescence um, to be an elite athlete uh, or just be an athlete, period. But especially when you get to college and then you get to pros, you are groomed there's a certain mindset uh, that, you, that, that you have and that's been ingrained in you uh, for you to get to that level. So that, I guess that's a good part. But the other part of that is you are underdeveloped in so many other aspects of your life. And uh, one of the bigger things is even outside of concussions is identity issues, right? Hi, my name is BJ. I'm a football player. Yeah. That's it. Right. And when it's done, you still say, I'm PJ Williams. I play football. Nigga, no, you don't. And you've actually been more than just a football player, but that's just where our minds have been. And this is what's been ingrained. Or I'm, you know, I'm Mike. I play ball. Yeah. Now who? 
I mean, yeah, you do that too. And I think we're, what we're missing is that word too. I play football too. But I'm so much more than that. It's like, and I know for my, me specifically, and I can talk for the, some of the other guys that I've been on this journey. Because, you know, CIBB, most of the guys are, are athletes, collegially yeah. at least. I think like a third of them were professional athletes at, at, at some point. Um, so identity issues is huge. And then you com- combine that, you know, with, with concussions. And some of them have had more than others. Uh, some of them didn't even know they had concussions at the time, you know, or just now discovering it, that kind of thing. Uh, but I think just with the identity issue alone is why they need help. And I, and I have a question about that because mm. I think about the identity of an athlete and do you think that somebody could be as competitive if they were, I guess, as as competitive in that sport while taking mental as well? Does that make sense? I know I actually because I, I, it's almost like, well, if you're not obsessed with this, would I have been as good as I was? And I can't answer that. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't. Maybe. Maybe yeah. not. I, I don't know. Right. But but it's a dangerous game you're playing. Uh, on one hand, yeah. You, you know, that obsession is why you made it to whatever point you made it to. Right. But at what cost? Yeah. So who knows? Why, I mean, I'm, I'm of the mindset like, why can't you? Why can't I be this fucking great? Excuse me, and still take care of me, right? Because and, and another way I think about it is, is if I'm not okay over here, I'm really not as efficient as I need to be over here, right? If I'm not efficient in these realms, if my emotion or my mental isn't right, am I really that good? Am I really that efficient? Am I really at my best? You know what I mean? And so, I mean, that's how I see it, but uh, again, others might disagree. Like they might, they they might need to be obsessed. I don't know. Um, yeah. then maybe somebody should do a study on that. Yeah, maybe we should do a study on that. <laughs> I think I'm gonna bring it to the team. What advice would you give to an athlete right now, as far as like in in the space of mental health? Should you take take care of your mental health just as well as you take care of your physical health? clear mind, your health, your mind is healthy, your emotions are healthy. I, I personally think you can be great on the field. And then when you're done with the game, you can go be great in life, right? Especially at, at the pro level, right? Because you got to do these PR things. You get, you're a pillar of the community, whether you want to be or not. If you're healthy in those realms, you, you can... It's also a business, right? So now you're helping more the business. You help the business, you get more bread, right? So, yeah, I mean, you take care of your mental just as well as you would take care of your physical. You know what I mean? You study that playbook, go study yourself. Go study yourself and you can learn how to be more efficient in your studying of the playbook and, and the next game plan. Uh, get your emotions right. Uh, uh, study your emotions right so you can regulate how you respond to things on the field or at practice. Or, you know what I mean? So, yeah, if you're going to take care of your physical, take care of your mental just as well. Um, and then because you're going to have that longer than you're going to have your physical as well, right? The game is going to end for some, for everybody at some time. Father time is undefeated. So you might as well get to start on it now, right? When you yeah. leave the game, you want to be physically healthy as possible. You don't want to not be able to bend over, touch your toes, and you know you can't bend your elbow all the way, whatever. You can't raise your arm. That shit is trash. Yeah. But you also don't want your mind going to you. You know, like CTE is a big thing. And I know for football, but other sports have their issues as well. Like, you know, so take care of all of that. Get the head start. Take care of all of that now. 
And then when you're done with the game, it's, you know, that transition out of that sport is easier for you. It's yeah. not as hard because as well as identity issues, transition goes right hand in hand with that, right? When I'm done with this game, oh, what the fuck do I do now? You know, most guys don't go into sports commentating. You know, it's pretty easy. You know, a lot of guys go into finances because they feel like that's it's just an easy, I got a little bit of money already. I have this network. I go into finance. I think that's probably financing and real estate might be the number one and two things that guys get into after that. Uh, but that's uh, even a small percentage, right? So most people go broke after they're done with the game. Within, what is it, two years? Wow. I think it's two years. Most guys go broke. So, you know, that's what I would say. Get your mental right. When you're taking care of your physical, take care of your mental and take care of your emotional. Yeah, and, and as I'm listening to you too, I'm just thinking like, you know, you got to be more than than just your career, your sport. Like you have to be a, a full well-rounded person you know more more than an athlete yeah yeah i know one of the alumni herschel that's his that's his platform is more than an athlete or healing depression more than an athlete is his thing yeah and he goes in with the high schools and tells them like you know you could be be great do, do your thing but you're more than an athlete you know what i mean so that's his thing that's what's up. I had I had asked some listeners to send me some uh, mental health questions, and I'm gonna ask you one because I think about all the work that you've done, like that you're doing with kids, but I also think about what you've done already as far as like giving that space to adults and what it's important for them. Because I'm gonna be honest, uh, when I when I spoke on your platform, I hadn't. I mean, other than on my podcast, I hadn't really been super open about mm-hmm. you know, just sexuality and stuff in a public space like that. Mm-hmm. I really appreciated it and um yeah damn what was i saying that to say you said you had some questions oh yeah <laughs> so somebody asked me is it too late to try to save someone and and i don't think it was saved but it was just like if someone has mental health issues and they're older is it too late like do you just give up on them nah but no 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 it's never too late uh yeah. first and foremost but I'm going to use the word save. I don't know. I'm not pretty sure they didn't even save, but you can't save anybody. Uh, they have to save themselves, but you can be their uh, support on their journey. Yeah. Uh, uh, we fall into that, like, you need to get the help, but let me do that for you. It's like, nah, man, you're going to stress yourself out. But no, it's never too late. You can encourage. Always yeah. encourage. I'm like, listen, it's never too late to get, to get right, to go get this healing, uh, especially later in life, man. Why, why would you want? You know what I mean? It's later in life. Go go get some healing, man, and live and live the later, you know, the later parts of your life as healthy and, and, and as blissful as possible. Uh, but you can't save anybody. Right. They have to save themselves, but you can definitely be the support system. You can definitely encourage um, and cheer them on and that kind of thing. That's what's up, man. I got two more questions. Um, what advice would you give to your younger self? Nigga, go to therapy early. <laughs> go get that shit worked out quick, bro. I'm like, get those tools on. Uh, and I, I always champion myself as being level-headed, right? And anybody who grew up with me would tell you, like, B was always cool under pressure. Like, man, shit. I was suppressing a bunch of shit. You know, work that out. I for real been cool under pressure. Uh, go to therapy early. Uh, that's what I would tell myself. And 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 I would probably be more obsessed. I, w- I was able to get to a very high level in sports. You know what I mean? Uh, 
be a little bit more obsessed with the sport. Maybe that would have worked for me. Maybe I would have had a longer career, a career. You know what I mean? Uh, who knows? I don't know. But therapy for sure. I told my pops, like, yo, pop, come on. Let's go do this. Yeah. Are you still in therapy? I haven't been uh, since last year, late last year. Uh, but I only go for maintenance now. I'm, I'm, I'm in a space where I don't necessarily need it on a record. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've, I've worked through I worked through some shit last year. It was dope. I liked it. I liked it. I worked through a vice last year. Okay. Yeah. Uh, 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 I, use, uh, I use basically sex to work through depression. Mm. And so, man, it, it's done a lot of damage. Uh, not only to myself, but sex involves somebody else. So I've yeah. damaged a lot of other people, you know what I mean, women in my life throughout, throughout, throughout my sexual history. Uh, so I, I did that last year. It was dope as shit, man. That's what's up, man. Yeah. I, and, you know, it's funny you say that. And I feel like we all kind of go through that that journey at some point. Because I know for me, sex was definitely like a, a coping skill. And uh, I just told myself at some point that I didn't I didn't want to use people as jack off tools. You know, I didn't right, want right. masturbation tools for me. So, right. like being conscious of that shit, like it, it definitely makes you not, you know. Yeah, I just kept running into the same, it'd be the same cycle too. I'm like, I'm kind of tired of this cycle, man. Like, what the fuck is up? It's, it's just rinse and repeat. And I'm, like, I'm kind of tired of this. Like, I don't want to do this. Um, so let me, let's, let's go figure this out, man. And so I was, I was fucking my way through depression. <laughs> it's one thing if you have like a substance, right? Or you gamble that, I mean, it, it affects other people, but like, this is something that you do with somebody, right? So they're a part of your your you know, your bullshit. So how how do you be mindful of not doing it again? Like how do you not relapse? Oh shit! Uh, now, man, listen. No, is it? I, man, no. I love saying no. No, I'm cool. Yeah, I'm good. And I've also had to cut off certain aspects of uh, of, of of some of these relationships that I've had throughout throughout my because a lot of us are i'm still friends and we still hang out and i was you know an ongoing thing it was a revolving door i've had to cut off certain aspects of those relationships yeah. here's the boundaries these are the boundaries please respect them and uh in in my and it's funny because my therapist said once you go on this there are going to be some that don't care about that boundary you have to be mindful and, and pay attention to who those people are and when they react to you saying hey i don't want to do this no and sure fucking up. <laughs> it happened rather quickly too. <laughs> I was like, God damn. Because you would, you know, expect people to respect your nose, right? Or your boundaries. Shit. Motherfuckers was like, nigga, what? No. Yeah, I'm cool. I don't I don't want to do this with you no more. Like, I you know, we have a good time, I enjoy you, but I can't do this part with you. Yeah. Uh, that kind of thing. And so it was that that part was uh he had warned me, but it was still like, holy shit. Um but I enjoy saying the nose. I enjoy it's it's uh, new for me. Um, but again, because I'm I'm also coming from a position of privilege, right? You know, I, uh, I guess a uh, uh, arrogant moment. I'm handsome, I'm tall, I'm educated, my voice is deep. I do mental health. Uh, you know, I'm not a douche. So I've always had a a, a plethora 
of sexual partners to choose from, even when I didn't want it. Like, no, nah, I'm cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I come from a place of privilege as, I, as I'm talking about this. I do come from a place of privilege. Not, I had a great time. Don't get me wrong. It's not like it was like I'm crying in the, after I'm done or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> after, after this is all, I'm not crying or nothing like that. But I come from a place of privilege when I, when I, when I talk about these things. And so, yeah, like I, getting those boundaries in is like, man, wait, you, you, what you mean? Get now. I'm not there no more. And it feels really, it's a relief. Uh, it feels, uh, I know toxic is a, is a, is a great word and it doesn't feel, I don't feel the toxicity yeah. uh, anymore. It feels light. So it feels great. Uh, and, and, and now, and now with moving forward in my sexual history, it's not coming. And I'm not saying every time I was depressed, no, uh, but it's not coming from, it, it's healthier for me now. Yeah. Uh, it's actually made sex funner. <laughs> yeah and and i think something i also had to learn was uh not punishing myself for doing something that i want to do like you know having to learn the difference between a couple yes. and i just want to yes. have sex and enjoy it and, so, and yeah, just, I, I feel you. yes yes absolutely that was another thing to enjoy like i really do and i've always enjoyed it but no i i just because i want to because i want to have a good time and share this experience with you right um so yeah, no, I agree. That's a good one. I agree. I agree. I like that. That's what's up, man. Um, what is a remind? Well, I said, what was one thing you wanted to? What was advice for your younger self? What's a reminder you'd like to give to your future self? You're doing okay. You're doing okay. That's that's all out. So that's, it. that's more than good. that's more than enough. That's perfect. That's it. You're doing okay. <laughs> I think that reassurance of like, you know, as I think about the future, right? I try to live in the moment. I think about the future, but like, damn, well, if I don't set this up now, how's that? You're doing okay. Yeah. And I think about this every time I look back, like, nigga, you're doing fine. Yeah. I, I do want to ask you a question because you brought something up earlier. And I yeah. think we actually might have spoken about this. You said that this was you hadn't really opened up like that in a public setting. What made you comfortable enough on my platform to do? Cause I had just met you that day. Um, I don't know. It just felt like a safe space. And I kind of lucky too. Like, you know, cause at first I really didn't know what it was about. Um, right. Shout out to alpha alpha connect. Shout, shout out to alpha. Yeah. And I think he told me like you were connecting with like athletes or some shit. And I was like, I didn't play fucking college sports or no shit, but <laughs> you know, whatever I'll do it. And um, yeah, like it was, it was dope. And I, and I think just the setting, like just where you, where you had it at, what was going on, like you had the yeah. there and shit and shit just, it just felt safe. So I was like, you know, I'm going to just Weird. share my truth. And yeah. You know, I think at that time, because I was I was still kind of kind of fresh, not fresh, but still kind of new in the podcasting. So it was just like, you know, I'm I'm on the, in this space where I just got to share to make myself comfortable because I, I would feel uncomfortable if I couldn't be myself. So right. I would find myself because I was going to a lot of these like black men's groups and stuff. And I would be the only gay dude there or at least the only openly gay man oh. there. So it's like, I got to make this safe, this space safe for me. Like, I can't right. be wondering if it's a safe space. I just got to lay it out. And if it works, cool. If it don't, that's cool too. And I mean, now I've grown to a place where like, 
if it come up, yeah, but like I also don't feel like I have to just like I said, it's a part of me. It's not, it's not I'm a basketball player, you know what I mean? I'm right, right. I'm Mike at the end of the day. Right. And but when I was going through those those phases of like having to let people know, it was like that was my way. Like I remember being in the barbershop one time and just putting it out there, like, yeah, I'm gay, and just kind of like seeing, like, all right, let me see if if this is safe to be here or if I'm gonna have to fight. <laughs> <laughs> I can't prepare it either way. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I guess that was my way of like feeling like if 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 something was okay for me. Cause like, you know, a lot of times people be like down for like parts of of who you are and not all of who you are. So for me, it's like, yeah, I, I need to know that like you're not just here for the mental health or you're just here for like because yeah. this is what brought me to what you want. You know what I mean? Right, right. So, yeah, it, it was it was just a, a cool space. Yeah, that 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 feels good to hear, and 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 it just feels good. To hear, man, I, uh, and as you know, you do podcasting, man. We, you know, we hear stories, and and I think yours was the first one talking about you know coming out as gay. And I was like, shit, man, hell yeah, I need this fucking story. Get that, I, I need that. because yeah. it's it, it's it's a part of part of us. It's a part of our community. You know what I mean? Like, you, you know, it's funny. I feel like. I feel like I've spoken more in heterosexual spaces than I have in gay spaces. Like I, I almost feel like in a gay space, I'm just regular. Like, yeah, <laughs> I'm not that exciting, but like in a, in a heterosexual space is like, because I'm, I guess niggas could connect to me. So, right. you know, it's like, well, damn, like this nigga's gay, but he's cool and he's this, he's that. And I think it opens other people up to be like, you know, I could be open to connecting with gay people or whatever, you know, or right, like, right, 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 right. Case may be like, yeah, I hear you. I know in my head, and I and I know in a lot of gay people's minds, it's like, you know, you probably just assume because of whatever experiences you've had in your life that, you know, straight people don't want to connect with you, mm-hmm. and you know, it's it's really sad because I I see so much of how we can mm-hmm. empower each other, but because of this like this bullshit that we all believe on both sides Mm -hmm. sides, it's like Mm -hmm. it makes it hard to connect and I always tell dudes like my closest friends are all which don't get me wrong I do have very close gay friends but my closest Mm -hmm. friends are straight Mm -hmm. and they like given they built me up with the confidence that I have to be myself like they've given me the most space to be myself so that's why I don't mind being in spaces and being like yeah this is me right Cause I know these dudes support me, but also know I've created space for them to be able to like express themselves emotionally. Right. And like, just seeing how much we've learned from each other, how we've grown around each other. I'm like, man, if, if the entire, you know, black male community in general, were able to connect, like maybe we could save the world, you know, I don't know. If nothing else, it's just funner. Yeah, it's just a fun space. It's such yeah. a it's just funner. I'm with you niggas is beefing on. It's just fun. And, and I can't eat. It becomes exhausting, and I try to tell people like I can't. I can't learn from from people that 100 percent agree with everything that or or like are 100 percent like me. Like I can't learn that way. I have to I right have to have different perspectives and talk to different people about different things. Like right book club right now, and um. 
Yeah, we we reading this book. It's called The Ethical Slut, but it's about like somebody just brought that book up. Uh, I was I was within a group and they were talking about the yeah. ethical slut. No, it's, it's good so far. It's it's about different types of relationships, polyamory, like just communicating and shit like that. Yeah. The book, but it's like it's a variety of different types of people, and there's heterosexual people, is you know bisexual, gay, like, and you get all these different perspectives of. Mm-hmm. Like, relationships and you realize like oh all this shit is the same you know it's all the same it's it's all human interaction and communication and intimacy and we all like working through it in the same way so right you know i i like being in spaces where you know it's everybody yeah 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 that's dope <laughs> somebody oh i was in, i was at a bachelor party in houston that's where they brought it up at. uh it was bringing up a bunch of books but i knew I, that that one stuck out at because um, somebody was one of the homies was talking about it. What was what was the response to me being on your platform? Just because I know you you had a lot of athletes and stuff like that. Like, what was the response like? Shit, it was the same as every other response. Like nobody, yeah, it was shit, dope story. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's just what it was. You know what I mean? And 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 there were some other guys on that came through because we were doing yeah we were doing the photo shoots and whatnot. So yeah, you got to meet some of the other guys, and it was. Like the, even the link up with him was just like, oh hey, this is Mike, and he just did his thing. Like, how was it? It was cool. Like it, that's just what. Yeah. The response was, I, I feel like everybody that's been that watches uh, or that that's paid attention to my platform, I, I feel like I've gotten. I can't call them negative comments because they're not negative. They are, if anything, uninformed. Yeah. Or you know what I mean? Uh, uh, um, or just coming from their 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 limited viewpoint. You know, and I hate to say limited, but it is limited, right? You haven't been around these people. It's almost like you, you, you know, when you have never traveled anywhere, so you yeah, viewpoint is basically yeah. your neighborhood. It's that's, that's so I'm not calling it negative. I didn't have, I've never had a negative comment. Uh, but for yours, it was the same as everybody else. This shit was dope. This is I, we needed to hear this. This was a story yeah. that needed to be told because I have a uh, gay uncle here, or my cousin, blah blah blah, or my dad, or my brother, or something like that. I, I'm so you know, always in, basically that's what it was. That's what's up, man. That's you know that's I mean? that's really dope to hear. Cause like, yeah, and and that was another thing too. Like I, I I was in the space, and it was all these other brothers in there, and I'm like, man, like everybody in here sharing their own story. So like, <laughs> right, we not share mine, you know. Right, and uh, yeah, and, and that's all it was, man. And I think another thing is that I am fully prepared as I go into these things, and because I don't know what people are going to talk about most of the time, and I'm I'm fully prepared. Then when we launch it, when we feel, uh, when we you know air the episodes, I'm fully prepared for whatever Black Lives comes this way. I'm ready to defend some shit. I'm yeah. ready. I'm ready for it. I'm fully prepared for like this could go all the way the fuck or a different way. But you know what? Fuck y'all, because this is not y'all's story. <laughs> I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. Go to. I'm ready to go to war with this shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so that was another thing too. I'm, I'm very, I'm very aware of how these things can be perceived. But that's the point. Yeah. Nigga, if you don't fucking like it, fuck you. Go on somewhere. <laughs> this nigga just sat here and did some shit you ain't never fucking done in the mirror. So fuck like I'm I'm ready for the shit. You know what I mean? I'm I'm fully prepared. Um <laughs> and it'd be the same way on the other side. If somebody told a story, I'm like, ah, fuck no, bro. I'm not doing this with you. No. Yeah. Cut the camera. But you know what I mean? I haven't had that. But if it happened, I'm fully prepared. I'm ready for it. Yeah. Cut the camera. We're not doing this. Fuck out of here. No. Nah. Yeah. It's not going down like that. This is not what we do. So, you know, 
and, and and I guess you have to be that way with the you know with the kind of the product with the product, right? You got to fully be yeah. prepared for how these things can go a way that you this is not supposed to go. Yeah, yeah, man. And and you know it's it's funny you say that because it's like I feel like for the most part I've had really good conversations. There was one that I had that I just didn't air because I didn't I didn't feel like the person was really being open, you know. Like they they didn't come being open and they came to promote a, a product and it was just like this don't fit with what I'm doing. This don't yeah. fit what I'm doing. I had one that I, I didn't air, and that's only because he just wasn't he wasn't ready. He wasn't there yet. Yeah. Little goof, little goofy. As a matter of fact, he's one of the alumni's little brother. Oh wow. And he was like, man, so and he was kind of trying to use it for some business and shit. And I was like, bro, this is not, I'm not gonna <laughs> do this with you, man. And the funny thing is, I had to tell him, like, listen, if you were actually really being open, that's how it works. Right, yeah. You, you can't fake the openness and think the women go, nah, bro, if you actually really open up. Oh, I've bribed some some of the homies, you know, some some gentlemen with that as well. And I say bribe, like, you know, you know, I, I, you know, you talk about the women and I, yeah, nigga, what do you think they like? This right, vulnerability yeah. shit, yeah. what are you talking about? <laughs> Because <laughs> you mean <laughs> this vulnerability shit is where it's at, but I don't know who told you different. <laughs> but the thing is, though, is that you are actually once you, but you are actually once you're actually really being vulnerable, like you're actually doing the work. So yeah, that's just a byproduct of it. I mean, if that's what you're after, it's just a byproduct of it. But yeah. if you come in there like, man, B, so I listen, I see all the chicks that comment on all these videos. I'm in my head thinking like, but these niggas are actually doing the work. They're not even worried about that part. But if you are worried about that part, you should actually do the work because that's a byproduct of it. It happens. You know what I mean? Or whatever you're into. If you're into men or both, try second. Fuck. Whatever you're into, like they like that shit. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Gotta for real do it. Can't fake that. <laughs> so there's one episode, but he was just being goofy and shit. Kept giggling. He just wasn't, I knew he wasn't ready. Yeah. Uh, as soon as you start talking, I'm like he's not ready. This is not how this is gonna go. I gotta, I gotta pull shit out of you and nah, this is not gonna work. Yeah, no, I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> man, I told him whenever you're ready, though, he can always come back. Yeah, and and I honestly, as you as you saying that, I'm like, man, it'd be dope, like to to share that and then share when he's ready, like just the the difference. Because we still have the footage. Yeah, we still have the footage. Like we we we, I think we like 20 minutes. We still have the footage, but yeah, he ain't ready. He's not ready. Now. And I, no, actually, there's there's two, and not that we. I just did one uh last month that i can't show and this is not even coming from me this is from uh bt the editor excuse me is that that was his first time openly saying what it is he said he hadn't worked through it yet yeah he was as open as he could be in in where he was at but for the story he told he definitely needs to go do some work so i called him i'm like listen we're going to do this again but i need you to go do the work right, you got to go Go wow. see a therapist, whatever that is. Because I, I, the, the fear for us on our end is that if we show this, we, air, we cut it, we edit it, we air it, and you, uh, you post it up on your social media, the, I don't think you are prepared for the conversations that could happen, that yeah. could come your way. And I don't want you to get destroyed because you haven't done the work, right? Yeah. I don't want you to get overwhelmed. So it was more of a like, I don't want to say protect, but like, we just don't want to put this out in the world and you ain't prepared for what's, these conversations because you haven't worked through it. Yeah, and 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 I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, it it is protecting because like 
you it it's our job when we create these safe spaces for people to protect them from right. you know what could possibly come with that. I think about that a lot too when I do stuff because I would I would never want to use not and not use, but I would never want to like just put somebody out there just for content. Right. And that's not that's not what this is about. If I had if it was just for content, I'd two, three hundred episodes in right now. You know what I mean? I'd script that shit. Uh, so that's two episodes. But again, I think actually I'm almost positive he had spoke about it to somebody close to him. But I'm not close to dude. Like I know him. You know, yeah. I've known him for a few years, but I don't hang with dude. I when I see I speak. But I think that was his first time saying that to somebody he ain't tight with. And now you're saying it on camera. You want me to show this? Oh. And, and, there, and there was no really elaboration because he hadn't done the work. Wow. And uh, so so uh, I, I told him, Yo, go, go take you some, some months or maybe we'll get to this next year. However long it takes, we're going to be here. And it's funny because like maybe like a few days later, he called me up and said, I got a guy that wants to tell the story. So I got, I think like the next, well, it would be including him. I have another one that I want to do. The next two, the next three have a theme. And it's a theme that whew, we damn sure ain't talking about it. And I know we don't talk about, you know, homosexuality coming out, but we damn sure don't talk about this aspect uh, of, of life. I don't want to say it now because like, the stories haven't aired yet, but I was like, God damn, I don't know why. Why is it this theme now? Uh, and they yeah. both had very similar stories. And I have another one that's going to come out that, that I want to film. Whenever we can get to it, he's in Oakland. So uh, whenever he comes down, we'll get to it. But I have three that have a very similar thing. And I'm like, fuck, man, this is going to be, it's going to be brutal, real yeah. brutal. But you prepare. And I say brutal, it's just, just the conversation itself. The content is brutal. Um, okay. uh, I'm, not, I'm not, I don't expect a reaction to it to be at all. But the, the content itself is like, God damn, man, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, that's what I was thinking when I was here. I was like, shit. But uh, it, it'll be it'll be good, and I'm and I'm glad I'm glad these brothers have uh, felt brave enough to 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 even say that to one a stranger basically, two on fucking camera. You know what I mean? Yeah. It'd be a, a very brave human being to to do some shit like that. So shout out to them. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. Um, last question. I got another segment for you, but um, yes, yes, yes. So what's what's your ultimate goal? Like with everything you're doing, like what do you, what do you see? Like just wanting to accomplish with all of this because you're doing some really powerful things. Man, my ultimate goal is actually uh, a few months away from completion. Oh wow! I think we might have talked about this. Um, and it, whatever comes up past this comes up, but uh, uh, you know, I bought a bus. Yeah. Uh, so I just I you know. Been paying for the shit out of pocket. I'm fucking broke as shit right now. I'm so mad about it. I made the mo- sidebar. I made the most money since pandemic that I've ever made in my life. Damn, maybe out of two years. Like there's two years where I was killing on commercials. Anyway, I made a killing. I got pay raises on in education and shit. I was on TV. I got a lot of fucking money and decided to go the entrepreneurial route. I'm broke as shit. Don't like it. For those of y'all that want to get in the entrepreneurial shit, don't do it. <laughs> nah. <laughs> It's fucking stressful, dog. Nah, it's 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 a few months away. So you know, I bought the bus. And I'm doing mobile mental health. Uh, I literally just got it out the shop um, Wednesday. Dropped it off at the auto shop to to, to do the renovations, man. Um, wow, that's really dope. Congratulations. Yeah. 
Yeah, so uh, hopefully, because this was actually, so I bought the bus in February. I was supposed to take it to, uh, you know, I gutted it out of the way, and I was supposed to take it to the people um, when they had the space for it, and then uh, it wouldn't start, so I had to, like, figure out why it wouldn't start, but the, it, it took a lot longer due to me waiting on some people when I could have had this shit possibly done earlier, but anyway, we finally got it done. So I was supposed to have this there at the shop in March, they were saying it was going to take four to six weeks. So I was hoping by the end of this month, we were going to be able to do a soft launch and then be able to do some work in June. But looking like the end of end of the summer okay. um, is what we're looking like. Uh, that's my ultimate shit, man. That's my that's that's my thing. Whatever happens with that uh, and whether or not I'm able to. I just want to be able to serve a community one time. Yeah. I, anything past that bonus. That's what's up. Anything past that. I just want to get one. I just want to pull my bus up, one community, do the work, and leave. And anything past that, go. That's really dope. Go. So that's my ultimate shit, man. Anything, I don't know what the fuck is going to happen past that. I got my curriculum. Uh, that's, that's, that's going as well as it can with, the, with, with uh, distance learning. I have the group with the, and I, that wasn't a plan, it just happened. Uh, that's going well. Should all I really do is facilitate and come up with ideas, and the doctors do the research and shit. I'm cool, yeah. work for me. Um, I'm also part of another group too, uh, with uh, where we're going into companies and helping the companies become more mentally, socially, emotionally aware with tools and utensils and stuff. Uh, and I'm just one of four on that. And you know, we meet every Monday. I saw I meet Monday with one group, Fridays with another group, and you know, and Thursdays with a group. Shit is a lot. But once this bus is up and running, man, I feel like I feel like when the bus is up and running and that and it does what it does, I feel like all the other things that I'm working on will just kind of fall in under that or along or coincide with that. I'm gonna say under coincide with that. Because ultimately for me it's like uh bringing bringing mental well being into our communities, right? Um there's a generation that has no, they're, they're not tech savvy, so they're not necessarily watching Zoom and Instagram and shit. But if I pull up on us on the block, you know, and you outside doing whatever, yeah, you, you, you might hop on. Yeah. Uh, there's uh, a generation, you know, after us that we can get to early. Uh, you know, start with a clean slate and introducing them to these, these, these terms, therapy, mental health, and emotional health, and vulnerability communication and listening skills so like uh you know i feel like everything could coincide with that after this bus and that's what the ultimate goal for the bus is as long as i can serve one community listen stick a fork in me i'm good <laughs> that's, that's all i want to do that's really with dope. that being said uh i, I didn't tell y'all this i may have told like a few alumni the alumni are, are a part of my business <laughs> i'm gonna use y'all is basically what i'm telling you hey i'm here for uh, it. <laughs> You guys are getting used and don't even know it. Uh, <laughs> so basically for you guys, what I want you guys to do, and 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 I, later on as it, again, I don't know how this is going to go. I planned for it, but you don't know how it's going to go. No matter what you do with your plan, right? It can go whatever. Um, but the funding aspect of it, what I want to do ultimately is be able to pay you guys for what I'm asking you to do, which ain't hard. Uh, I'm going to ask you guys to post uh, and I want to pay you for that, you know, um, my scripted out. Uh, I want you guys to get on it, actually use it and test it out. Hey, what do you think about it? I want, I need the research, right? I need the, 
blah, blah, blah. And also, I want you to pick a neighborhood or a community center or whatever to where you can pull up at. I want you to be the ambassador for the day. Wow. Right. So you say, pull, BJ, pull up here. OK, cool. You're going to be our ambassador, our liaison. Like, Hey, so I got this bus coming through. They do mental health, blah, blah, blah. We pull up. You pull up with us. You introduce us to that neighborhood, to that community, whatever that is. Yeah. And let them get some work and uh, we get the hell about it here. That's what's up. That's really dope. So yeah. that, that, that's how y'all, that's how y'all, y'all got to post for me and then y'all got to pop up one. <laughs> Wait, you got you got to use it. Post, pull up. There it is. You got it. <laughs> I'm there. I'm there, man. And again, if the funding comes, like, because I, I, I've been in talks with uh, Department of Mental Health, the school district, obviously, uh, SC, University of Chicago, LA campus, and a few other entities that, that like, there's some funding there. We just got to see the work being done first. It's like, do the work first and then pay. I'm like, well, pay me so I can do the fucking work. <laughs> but, you know, you got to show and prove and all that shit. So yeah. they like numbers. So, one, uh, so once we get that done, I'm, I'm very confident that we can get some funding. And there's some, there's some, there's some other mental health platforms that, that I have relationships with that I told this to. And I'm like, all right, well, when you up and running, let us know. We can see how we can be a part of it and help and blah, blah, blah. So that's, that's what we get. At this point, it's coming out of my pocket. Yeah. I'm mad. I could have bought a hut. You know, I could have put it down on a hut in LA. Not nothing nice because shit, LA extends. I could have got a hut, a fixer up in this bitch. <laughs> no, I, I decided to buy a fucking bus. That's what's, it's, it's gonna pay off though. You doing this work, man. Yeah. Like I'm 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 happy to be a part of what you're doing. Like that's really dope. Thanks. Yeah. So 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 again, uh it's looking like the end of the summer. Okay. Uh, is what I'm hoping. It, it, I, and I don't see why not, because it's really not. Only about four weeks to actually do. Yeah. Uh, four to six weeks to actually do it. They just have other projects that have come along now. So they got to, you know, a little bit of time. So I'm like, right, I'm hoping into the summer. Uh, they actually have to email me with an exact timeline on what we can expect. And then I'll have, you know, further information for you. But uh, over the summer, as this is being done, because it's going to be complete, um, there's some emails coming your way. Okay. Uh, um, so I plan on having all 50 plus guys involved at some point because what i don't want to have happen i don't want everybody to post at one time i want to spread it out <laughs> excuse me you know what i mean i want to spread the post out so even though it probably would just get posted at the same time <laughs> but anybody that's watching this or that'll be listening to this uh uh mobile mental health is coming uh i don't even know what i'm putting on it i mean i call it cibv but i don't that's even all right i gotta figure out a name i fucked up putting cibv on fuck y'all <laughs> Let's, go Let's call up the therapy bus when you when you see it, but it's CIBV going on that bitch. I, I was trying to catch, think of something catchy, but uh, yeah. yeah. No, nah, man, I, I like the cannot be vulnerable. I, I, yeah. I it yeah. <laughs> the vulnerable bus. You call it whatever, man. And uh, so and I'll, I'll tell you about the bus. It has two rooms in it, right? Because I, I I bought a thirty six passenger. So it's actually really long. I didn't when I bought it. I was like, damn! I didn't. I thought it. Was, I knew it was big, like the right size. When I got, it, I was like, God, damn, this shit is huge. <laughs> so, it's, so it's two rooms. So we'll be able to serve two people at a time. That's dope. Uh, when you get on there, so it's gonna be it's gonna be cool, man. I saw the layout. I was super juiced about it. Um, so yeah, I can't wait. It's gonna be good. This is like my baby. After this is done, no more kids. <laughs> Watch that motherfucker grow up. That's dope, man. That's <laughs> I got a segment called Five Questions of Freedom, and I'm going to oh, ask shit. five questions, and you can answer them any way that you would like. Okay. So 
question number one, football or education? Football. Football or acting? Oh, shit. <laughs> Can I act playing football? <laughs> act like I'm playing football? Don't touch my body. <laughs> Yeah, you can I like that. that. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm gonna act like I'm playing football. I like that. Put me in one of them joints. <laughs> um, if you could have anybody on your platform, who would it be? If you could have a conversation with anybody, who would it be? Oh, dead or alive or alive? Dead or alive. Oh, fuck. And you could pick more than one. Oh, man. Uh, man, that's my list. Bruce Lee. My mom. Okay. Uh, rest in peace. Marvin Gaye. My mom's, uh, my uncle, he was, uh, he was uh, murdered by police right before oh. I was born. No, no, no. Right. I think I was like one or two when he was, when, when he was killed by the police. I would love to interview him. I don't know. Uh, my dad's dad. Which I, I have a relationship with, but he, you know, he was in Philly, and I used to hear all these stories about dude. Uh, so my granddad, and I think everybody, it would be more like I think for me it'd be like family shit. But I would love to talk to Bruce, of course, like for a, a worldly person, uh, and Marvin Gaye, because uh, you know, you know, everybody says I look like dude, so that'd be cool. <laughs> and I was that. I need one more. Uh, no, that's five. That's, yeah. I got five. That's fine. I, I, there's some other people that would love to speak to. Some ladies I would love to have a conversation with. Uh, Charlotta Bass, actually, uh, and she, if you know your history of LA, she was, or just your history. Period. She was the first black woman to uh, basically head a newspaper. Yeah. Okay. In, in the country. So, and she didn't. So her story is gone because she doesn't have any biological kids and shit. And her nephew that was supposed to take over, um, he passed away in the war at 24. Wow. And uh, and she's such a huge part of Central Avenue, Los Angeles, you know, the jazz hub of what it used to be, uh, 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 South Central L.A. Uh, she, she's, she went head up with the KKK, knocked on the door, damn near had a gunfight with him type shit. Uh, a hell of a woman. So she's an unknown. She's like one of those hidden figures. That I that that I and, and a couple of the, uh, my friends that I write with have studied, found some books on her, just been listening and like small shit. Um, uh, so of Bass would be a phenomenal woman. I would love to interview because nobody really knows her story, and I feel like she's a story that people need to hear. The shit that she's done uh, in life is fucking phenomenal. So Charlotte Bass would definitely be on that. That's what's up. Yeah. Um. If you could travel anywhere, where would you go right now? Ah, shit. I, where else is next on my bucket list? Uh, I go to Japan. I take my son to Japan, man. My son is part Japanese. Um, and I've always wanted to go, first off, but I've always wanted to take him because um, uh, his grandmother you know, passed away. And, and, and I, when I say I speak, she would translate for me because they don't speak English and shit. And her, you know, her siblings out there would be like, you know, BJ, you should come out there and do your modeling and shit. You can stay with us. I'm like, oh, what? So I always had a, you know, an open door invitation and shit. And so I, that would be one point. But I've traveled the world. 
You know, I mean, I've been to a lot of places I've already won the beach. So now would just be adding on to the list. So Japan would probably, if I go right now, I take my son to Japan. So okay. he can see, you know, his that heritage and shit. That's what's up. And my last question is what makes you feel free? Yeah, sleeping. Man, I love sleep. Listen, hey, so <laughs> I was at a bachelor party in, in Houston, right? I was in the strip club, knocked out. <laughs> Old nigga. I told him don't have me out late, man. I... <laughs> sleep, man. I love I, I get all my rest, man. I that's just like something about being in my bed and I know that and it's and I'm because I'm able to sleep, I'm comfortable. And more than just comfortable in my bed. I'm comfortable in life. Like there's no chaos happening that's keeping me up. Um, there are times where my mind is racing. I got ideas and I'm, you know, I know I got to go do this for the bus or this for like this meeting, that, that kind of thing. But for the most part, I consistently get sleep and naps. Like, so I know that I'm comfortable in life. There's no chaos. There's nothing really stressing me out. So that's freeing for me because I, there's nothing that is bothering me that's keeping me up while I got insomnia. Sleep. To, you know, taking advantage of shit I didn't for like 10 years of my life, right? That's real. Especially, especially doing with sports and shit that I ain't got no damn time to see. Yeah, I'm getting all my shit now. That's what's up. <laughs> <laughs> Man, where can the people find you? Uh, my personal Instagram is BJ underscore underscore Williams. Um, can I be vulnerable is basically can I be vulnerable, I think. Yeah, just can I be vulnerable on IG? Same thing for Instagram is uh, can I be vulnerable? The email is cibvulnerable at gmail.com. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not really a social media person. The only time I really post on the page is if we have an episode. But because I've been working on so many other things outside of the social media aspect, I haven't posted a lot. But once this bus is up running again, uh, you know, I'll be back. Um, same thing with the, with the uh, curriculum as well. I used to post when we were in school. So if you follow it, but if you don't hear nothing from the page, it's not like it's, it's, there's work coming. Let's just say that. Uh, yeah. I don't really like Instagram that much. So Twitter is the best ways to, to interact with me. I'll be on there talking shit. And don't <laughs> let this mental health shit fool you. I'll be ignorant on it. I'm ignorant on Twitter. Don't, don't. They're like, oh, you talking mental I do, but I'm me. I'm, I'm ignorant. All right. I'm, I'm ignorantly <laughs> me on Twitter. You get the bullshit there. Yeah. You follow me there. That's, that's a good time. Instagram. I, Post pictures. I don't take selfies like that. I don't, I don't really care about it. I I would love to delete my IG to be honest with you. Damn. But I can't. Like I got you know I do work and so like you know they're asking for your social media and shit. And I got can I be vulnerable? I'll be like, no, I'm tired of this shit. Yeah. Twitter <laughs> DJ underscore underscore Williams on Twitter. Find me there. I don't have Facebook. Uh, but if you want to inter- interact real, Twitter is where you can find me. I, I'm on there talking some shit to somebody. In good fun though. Hey, I'm not dog. I'm not one of those. You know. I'm not one of those ignorant niggas that be talking bad about people. No, it's, <laughs> it's jokes and I got a smart mouth. <laughs> That's what's up, man. Man, I appreciate you so much for coming on the show. Man, thank you for having me. I know I was hey, I, I think after I did job, like after you did I'm like, nigga, so I get the invite, right? What we doing? There's Bogart in my way on your shit. You know, I get the invite, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, man, I've been meaning to bring you on for a nah, minute. That's all good. It's Perfect all good. timing. <laughs> you see, I ain't wasting no time. He's like, yeah, when you get, I ain't doing nothing tonight. <laughs> right, I looked at the time, like, shouldn't it be next week? That nigga had tonight open. Yeah, I ain't doing nothing. I'll be in the bed. I'm not, I'm not, listen, I'm in the house. I ain't doing shit. That's what's up, man. I appreciate that. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. <laughs>
Thank y'all for listening. This is Mike Brown, and this is The Art of Letting Go. Peace. Peace. Thank y'all for tuning into this week's episode. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget, please be sure to like, subscribe, share this podcast wherever you would like to share it. Also, leave some feedback. Let me know what you think. And I love to hear from y'all. So if you want to hit me up, the number is 213-394-2773. And uh, trust me, I will get back to you. So please hit me up. Let me know what y'all think about the show. I love and appreciate y'all. This has been The Art of Letting Go, and I'll see you next week. Peace.